everybody and welcome to episode two of series three of Tinker Time and Grumpy Time. 
Uh, hello, Mr. Grumpy. Hello, Michael. Um, so what have we got on the show today? I hope loads and loads and loads of jokes. And uh, and then we'll run out of time and we'll be out of new jokes. Well, let's have a look, shall we? Oh, in fact, yes, I think we have got some jokes. Great! <laughs> Mr. Grumpy and his joke of the day. Joke of the day, what's he gonna say? Mr. Grumpy and his joke of the day. Joke of the day, what's he gonna to say? Now, I don't even like jokes. Oh, right, so um, uh, these are from Christopher, who's age eight. He says this. <clears throat> knock, knock. Knock, knock. Michael, remember the, the old thing? Oh, yeah, sorry. It's been a while. Uh, yeah, okay, go for it again. Knock, knock. Who's there? Interrupting cow. Interrupting cow. Moo! Oh, <laughs> you just interrupted me. I see. Um, right, okay. Um, why did the cow cross the road? Uh, I don't know. Why did the crow, crow, crow? Get it right, Michael. Cow. Oh, yeah, sorry. Why did the cow cross the road? To get to the other side. <laughs> other side. Uh, yeah, that's actually the best day. Eh? Um, right, and last, last, last but not least, where do monkeys go to the loo? I don't know. Where do monkeys go to the loo? In the lava tree. Tree, you see. You're going to have to read that one. But it's spelled like a tree that they climb up. Thanks for explaining it to the listeners. Well, brilliant. Thank you, Christopher. And please, um, anybody else, send in your jokes. Um, Otherwise, we'll have to revert to the Mr. Grumpy Joke of the Day book. And we have some new Big Bible questions. Here we go. Cue music. Michael's Big Bible Questions. So, Christopher, same Christopher who um, did the jokes. Oh, is it going to be a funny Big Bible question? No, no, no. This is the serious thing now. All right. Okay, carry on. Uh, So, Christopher, age eight, asks... Why did God create Satan? Excellent question there, Christopher. So, oh, wait, wait a second, wait a second. Lavinia Jane, who's aged nine, asks, At the battle in heaven, when Satan and some of the angels rebelled, why did God decide to banish Satan instead of killing him? Oh, another good question. I hope you've got a good answer, Michael. Well, Christopher and Lavinia are asking quite similar questions here. If God is in control... Why does he allow Satan to do what he does? Why not just destroy him now? Or better still, have never created him in the first place? Yes, Michael, that is an excellent question. So where's your answer? Well, they are very big Bible questions. Yes, darling. And they are actually ones that we... Here he goes. We don't have direct answers for. Typical. Now, we always want to get our answers from the Bible because they're big Bible questions, right? So they need big Bible answers. And the Bible doesn't tell us the answer to this one. So what are we going to do, Michael? Well, when we don't have a direct answer, it's good to ask, what do we know for sure? So sometimes our parents or teachers may do something that we don't understand. But because we know that they care for us, we trust them that there must be a good reason. So... What are the things we do know about God? Well, number one, God is good. We see that right at the start of the Bible. He makes the world and everything is good. Just read that in Genesis chapter 1. He cares for Adam and Eve. He seeks to protect them, warning them not to eat from the tree that will be deadly. 
So whatever reason God had for making Satan in the first place and allowing him to tempt Adam and Eve and to go on causing trouble even today, he must have a good plan up his sleeve for why he's doing that. So God is good. And number two, we know God always wins. So even though Adam and Eve did go on and disobey him and ate from that tree, he still made a promise to put things right. He promised to send a serpent crusher. And we know that that serpent crusher is Jesus. He defeated Satan and death when he died on the cross and rose again. Death isn't the end. Satan can't steal us away from God. We're safe because of Jesus. Whatever reason God had for making Satan in the first place and allowing him to tempt Adam and Eve and to go on causing trouble even today, he wasn't going to let Satan win. God always wins. And the third thing we know is that God always wants the best for us. In Romans chapter 8, verse 28, we're told that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. And that includes going through hard times, struggle and suffering. Jesus promises his friends that they will face trouble in this world, just like he did. He was tempted by Satan, but he resisted. God always wins. When we face struggle and with his help come out the other side, we're being just like our king. Whatever reason God had for making Satan in the first place and allowing him to tempt Adam and Eve and to go on causing trouble even today, we know that God is working for our good so that we can become more like him. That's number three. God always wants the best for us. So there you go, three things we definitely know about God. God is good, God always wins, and God always wants the best for us. So whatever reason God had for making Satan in the first place, allowing him to cause all this trouble, we know that God is good, God always wins, and God always wants the best for us. And so we can trust him that his reasons are good. Well, I hope that helps a little bit with your questions. Please keep reading the Bible and... Why don't you drop me a line to let me know what you discover about that question? Right, we need to crack on with a bit of an interview. Now, I recorded this interview last year, but I wasn't able to put it out at the time. And it's with a lady called Yancey, who also makes music for kids. So I thought it'd be great if you could hear from her. Here we go. Um, we have another special guest on the podcast. Uh, this is Yancey. Not Nancy. No, definitely not Nancy. Oh, in fact, that's uh, that's my first question for you, if we can jump straight in. So, uh, did you get called Nancy a lot at school? Ooh. And uh, that's why you're, you're very keen that people know you're not Nancy. <laughs> or was Nancy a person who wasn't very nice at school? Well... And you don't want to be associated not necessarily, not necessarily. So I definitely have plenty of people who assume when I introduce myself that I said Nancy, just because it is the common phrase. So especially like when I go get a coffee or something like that, and they ask your name, you know, nine times out of 10, they're going to have written the wrong name on the cup. But um, way, way, way back in the early days of us having the internet, um, when I got my first website, 
I was working with a guy and actually filled out a paper form, you know, like picking out domain paper. names. I know, because like back then, wow. back then you didn't know how to get a domain name yourself, you know? You had to like right. work with super smart IT techie people. And so I had to pick like three options of what my domain was going to be. And I knew that Yancey.com was already taken. So I had to put another word with it. And so oh. Yancey, not Nancy was one of the random things that we put on there. And it ended up being fun because it's something catchy and, you know, helps, helps emphasize and prove the point, you know, but then it's easy for people to remember. So, Mm. Um, so what got you into writing songs and writing songs specifically for children as well? Yeah. So, I mean, just a little backstory on me and music. I, I started singing at my church when I was a, a child. I was like literally probably like seven, seven, eight years old, like pretty young and from the get-go, kind of like when I started doing that, singing on a worship team and singing in the children's choir, just kind of fell in love with music and probably became pretty obsessed with it and and was very, very confident from an early age that like God had put me on this earth to do music. So I say like, I feel like I've known that literally since I was single digits in age. And so music was always the thing that I worked towards and and just, you know, doing concerts in my bedroom. Um, actually, when I was 15 years old, I got to do my first concert. Um, my youth pastor at my church had invited me to do that. And so my first concert was only 30 minutes long, which now I kind of laugh about because that's not really like that long. But at the time, it was a really big deal to do like six songs and like talk between songs and, you know, like Huge. all of this stuff. You know, beyond and just it's longer than the Beatles used to do. They used to do like twenty minutes. Oh my goodness, the Beatles, man! So Thirty minutes—that's like they'd be there falling over with exhaustion. <laughs> I did that when I was fifteen, and that's kind of what made me start sharing some songs that I had written with other people. Then one thing led to another that just led to a lot of steps over those next couple of years, and so started off writing songs and. <laughs> traveling back and forth to Nashville, learning how to write songs and recording and making demos and all sorts of stuff. And then um, I started writing the summer, the, uh, the song for a summer camp program for kids. And then reached a certain point, I was like, you know what? I've got these camp songs that are here. And I sang on a couple projects for a friend of mine. And I was like, I bet I could get master use from them and use those and like record you know, like four more songs and make a kid's album. And so that was how I did that. That was back in 2006 and a project called Loud and Clear. And so kind of did that and then the rest is history. So why is it important that we sing about Jesus? Can't we just read books and watch TV shows about him? Mm. Why do we need to sing? Especially Michael, why does he need to sing? I mean, why do you need to sing? Go on. Well, I think there's a couple of factors here. So one of the things for sure is if you're thinking about singing to Jesus as a form of praise and a form of worship. So in the Bible, one of the Hebrew words for praise is something called zamar. And zamar is a, That's a good word yeah, as well. Yeah. And that word um, totally talks about making music in order to praise God. And so I think that there is 
just something really, really important that when you're trying to worship God in your life every other way but music, I feel like there's it's like leaving sugar out of a cake recipe, you know, like it's not yeah. going to be right and it's not going to be the same and it's not going to be whole. And so um, singing to Jesus as a form of praise, making music to him as a form of praise mm-hmm. is so important to us living a life that honors God and worships God. Um, and I, I just feel like if you, if you leave that out, you're not doing all the things that you need to do. So from that side of things, just because the Bible tells us through that Hebrew word zamar, um, I believe that's important. But then on the flip side, I think it's important um, to to sing to Jesus and sing about Jesus just as a form of sharing your testimony, you know, like in so many songs, you know, reference thing, good things that God has done in your life and for me, as I write songs, there's definitely sometimes that I'm writing a song about something specific that I have, you know, walked through or been through in my life. And so that also before, becomes part of my story and part of my ability to share with other people, hey, this is what God has done for me in my life. Okay. Um, one more question before you tell us about the show. Hey, Michael, what happened? She's gone. Oh, that was just the first part of the interview. What, there's more? Yeah, 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 there's loads more. Um, but you'll have to tune in next week to hear the second part of our interview with Yancey. Yeah, well, I'll definitely be tuning in. Uh, you'll be here. Oh, yeah, good point. Right, well, uh, I suppose it's goodbye, everybody. No, 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 no. We've got uh, time for one more. Don't say it. Uh, we've got time for one more. Don't say it. Time for one more song. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a special announcement coming to you direct from the Heavenly Connection. We want you to get down and listen up. And now welcome our MAC, Master Evangelic Ceremonies, our Chief Choir Leader, Angelic Singer. Yes, I-